Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata. It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. And Bickley. Sports, man. Sports. Vince Morata. It's a power-packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Morata. Spectacular. <laughs> Bickley and Morata. I love this show. This is the greatest show in the history of radio. It's the greatest radio show ever. Bickley and Morata. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. Good morning, Valley sports fans. Happy Wednesday to everybody in the Valley. We call them shenanigans Wednesday on Bickley and Murata in the mornings. I am Dan Bickley. That is Vince Murata. That is Jared Carlin. And, of course, Sarah the Ruthless with us today. Hi, Vinny. What's up, Bick? Oh, I don't know. You tell me. What's up with you? I know we started, uh, you coined the phrase shenanigans Wednesdays, and Mm -hmm. it definitely holds up, usually on Wednesdays. At some point in the show, we will get to shenanigans, but I feel like the shenanigans have been, you know, spread out throughout the week now. You do? Yeah. Okay. We should just call this show shenanigans. The shenanigans show. (laughs) I I, I don't know if we can do that, because once we get into football season and once the games start, we tend to get a little more serious, a little more buttoned up, a little more... You know, meat and potatoes, X's and O's. Well, maybe we don't get to do all that. You don't say NFL anymore. You say the National Football League. League. Right. That's how you know you're serious. Everything gets more dramatic. That's what it is. That's kind of what we're talking about. true. You know? So what you're saying is we got to get all these... Pent up shenanigans yeah, like, out of the way like before. For, like, for instance, in in a couple of weeks, we'll talk about the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance. Today, we can talk about how an adult entertainment firm offered Jimmy Garoppolo. What are you looking at me like that for, Carlin? <laughs> you scared coward? Finish the sentence. You scared coward. Just get the is, scared look off your is, face. Is that not an intriguing Jimmy way to G, start a story? Jimmy G was offered a contract by an adult entertainment firm. Okay. I did not see this. Oh, you didn't see this? No. Okay. I don't pay attention don't to that industry. <laughs> <laughs> the, the football industry? Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. Uh, so what did they want him to do? Uh, they wanted him, and there's. it's funny because in the actual offer sheet, which is online, um, it requires him to watch four hours of film a week. So there's a, <laughs> so there's a shot at Kyler Murray An and the Cardinals. Study addendum. Yes. Wow. Yeah, so he's basically going to be the content curator for this adult entertainment. And it begins off by saying, Dear Mr. Garoppolo, we're reaching out to you because we understand you have dated an adult star in the past. You might be interested in this, and you're going to have a lot of time sitting on the bench in San Francisco. Oh, wow. He does have time to do it. Oh, yes. This is the one particular adult entertainment platform or group that does this with athletes a lot. Oh, is that right? They've offered stuff to Gardner Minshew. They wanted him to do naked (laughs) yoga classes. (laughs) Yeah. This is is a thing they do. Who doesn't want to see that, right? Jimmy G's grandmother from Subway who thinks thinks he's stupid. What will yeah, she what think happened? What will she think of that? A different Come kind on. of deli meat. Yeah, right. <laughs> Start the show, Jared. He really looks scared now. <laughs> she can get away with a lot more stuff than I can. The Splash. Splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The Splash. Damn it. 
The Splash, brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. Here we start the Splash for Wednesday. The Cardinals and 31 NFL teams around the league pared down their rosters to the league-mandated 53 players. So that meant a lot of work for GM Steve Keim. Cardinals did address their numbers at the cornerback position. They acquired Trayvon Mullen from the Las Vegas Raiders for a conditional seventh-round pick. Could become a sixth-rounder, depending on Mullen's playing time. He's got great size for a corner at six foot two, 200 pounds. Second-round pick out of Clemson in 2019 and has started 31 games for the Raiders over the last three seasons. He was, however, limited to just five games in 2021 because of foot and toe injuries. But ask, wait, but ye shall eventually receive. And the Cardinals finally got yeah. their guy. Okay, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's an interesting piece. Uh, this dude was about to be released by the Raiders, mm-hmm. um, but the Cardinals liked him enough to jump in and offer something up for uh, for a conditional seventh round draft pick. Well, it's a good it's a it's a good risk to take. I mean, the kid once was, you know, he was once a highly rated prospect. Sure, and some people like Josh say, Jackson was once a highly rated prospect. But people will say, well, why did you give up anything? Because if you let him hit the waiver wire, twenty two other yeah. teams had right. dib, could could have had dibs on. Yeah, him. Right. among the Cardinals uh, cuts down to fifty three. Quarterback Trace McSorley stood out. McSorley started all three preseason games, threw for five hundred and thirty six yards and a touchdown in those games, but uh, he is not on the 53. Also on the cut list, outside linebackers Devon Kennard, Jesse Lucetta, linebacker Chandler Wooten, long snapper Aaron Brewer. That's an interesting one. Yeah, Wide receivers uh, Victor Bolden and Andre Bocelli and safety James Wiggins. We'll see how the Cardinals can finagle some of those guys back to their practice squad. Uh, the Raiders continue to distance themselves from the John Gruden, Mike Mayock experiment, cutting 2021 first round pick Alex Leatherwood, the offensive lineman from Alabama. He was picked 17th overall, oh. and I remember the oh, eyebrows oh, that were raised oh. on draft night, uh-huh. and here they are a year later saying goodbye to him. Uh, reports say the Raiders tried to trade him but couldn't drum up interest from around the league. Uh, the D-backs ended the suspense on manager Tori Lovello's immediate future. They picked up the club option on the skipper's contract for 2023. Lovello has guided the D-backs to a 61-67 and 67 record so far this year after back-to-back last-place finishes in the NL West. And on the field last night, the D-backs continued their dismantling of the Philadelphia Phillies, and on Mikel Bridges' appreciation night, too, mm-hmm. they pounded the Phillies 12-3. They jumped out to a 5-0 lead in the second, cruised the rest of the way offensively. Zach Gallen remained masterful on the mound, allowed just two hits over seven innings, kept his scoreless inning streak intact. It's now at 34 and a third innings, second longest streak in D-backs history. Huge night for Jake McCarthy as well. Two-run triple in the second, a three-run homer in the fifth. Alec Thomas had four run, uh, four hits, drove in two. Corbin Carroll, two hits, three runs batted in. And uh, that double that he hit off the center field wall. There's a. Have you seen the uh, the Twitter account, Would It Dong? Which, no. And a Jimmy G. Uh, yeah. No? No. <laughs> oh, not, not. That was. It, it, it basically does all the metrics on whether or not it would be a home run in all parks. Okay. Chase Field is the only park where that would not have been a home run for Corbin Carroll. Oh, oh so, okay. That's a bummer. Uh, well, listen, five I, in a row. Yeah, listen, you, you've got a baseball team that's streaking. You've got Zach Gallen, who's got a scoreless streak now that's starting to get uh, a real serious altitude to it. Yes. And, and you've got this, this 
rookie conversion, these outfielders now, you've got a, a completely different vibe to this baseball team. Corbin Carroll, he went from first to home last night in blazing style. That, that to me, was the one element of last night's game that said star power to it. Oh, that the speed? 30 feet per second he was covering. Takes me eight seconds to go that far. Thirty feet per second? How is that even possible? <laughs> we were Where laughing. The jet Carlin couldn't even do that. <laughs> hurricane, hurricane, whatever. That's right. like Jackie the jet Carlin, Jared the hurricane. Yeah, get it right. Jeez, I know we were all laughing yesterday at, at the poll question where one of the options about Corbin Carroll in his debut was that dude's fast. But yeah. watching last night, that my fast. internal dialogue <laughs> monologue rather fast. was well, that dude's fast. We'll get into it. Yeah. But it, it it's. The, the difference is night and day, what we're seeing with the Diamondbacks right now. Uh, they've also uh, jumped into third place in the NL West, yeah. tied with San Francisco, but they've got the tiebreaker. That series concludes tonight in downtown Phoenix. Tommy Henry against Bailey Falter in a battle of lefties. 640 first pitch, 6 o'clock pregame here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Cameron Smith, the winner of the Open Championship, is off to join Live Golf following weeks of speculation. He's currently ranked number two in the world. A group of golfers went over, including America. American Harold Varner, who's ranked 46th in the world, but has never finished higher than 23rd in a major. He's bolting for the Saudi money. And I'm talking about Varner because it's an interesting story with him. Uh, He basically came out flat out and said, it's all about the money. Yeah, I can't. This money can't win on the tour. He's a great story. He's he's a rare black golfer on the PGA Tour. He's a great dude, but he can't win on the tour. I get him going to live. Cam Smith, that that, that one hurts because this is a legacy kind of player. But Harold Varner also uh, was talked out of going to live two months ago by Michael Jordan personally. Michael Jordan. That's he, right. He, he wears Harold the Jordan brand, brand. So wow, uh, he finally got worn down by all that money. Uh, Rafael Nadal <laughs> needed four <laughs> sets, but the second seed won his opening match at the U.S. Open in New York, beating this is a great name, Rinky Hijikata. Four six six two six Bless three you. six three on Tuesday night. <laughs> on the ladies' side, defending champion at eleventh seed Emma Raducanu lost her first round match in straight sets to Elise Cornette. Nineteenth seeded American Danielle Collins defeated twenty twenty champion Naomi Osaka in round one. So the last two champs at the U.S. Open on the women's side both out in their first round matches. There's a lot of turmoil in women's tennis right now. Yeah, there was a lot. There was a lot of weird stuff coming out of that tournament yesterday. It's yeah, we don't have the time to get into it. So Serena Williams has her second round match today yes. at four against yes. second seeded Annette Contivate. There you go. There's your splash. For the final day of August, believe it or not, on this oh. uh, Wednesday. Coming up <laughs> next, Cardinals pared down their roster and they bolstered a position that needed bolstering. We'll get into it next. It's Pickley and Murata Mornings, live from the Ak Chin Community Studios here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Pickley and Murata Mornings. Yeah, there are. Um, there's two or three guys that were looking at that as an option, and it's just a lot of semantics that go into it, trying to move a guy here and um, cut a guy for a day, things of that nature. So it, it uh, complicates it a, a bit, but I think the short-term IR gives some some um, flexibility to your roster. Yeah, it's, it's tough. It's the worst day, two days of the job. Um, there's no doubt a lot of great men, a lot of great people um, that deserve it, but there's some deep rooms, and sometimes the numbers don't make 
makes sense, but it's uh, it's never fun. A couple of cuts from Cliff Kingsbury, the head coach of the Cardinals, yesterday on roster cutdown day. You'll hear every coach say that, and I indeed believe this, that uh, that cannot be a fun part of the job. Telling a bunch of guys who have fought their whole lives to get to this point, hey, we, we can't use you right now, or we're going to use you differently than you want to be used. Mm-hmm. But that was the reality of it as the Cardinals got down to uh, 53 players, and there will be shuffling. You heard in that first cut, short-term IR this year. Four, it's a four-game thing this year. Yeah. Uh, so it gives you a little bit more flexibility. And that might be the reason for some of the cuts that we saw yesterday for the Cardinals. Most notably on that list, Long snapper Aaron Brewer. I saw that and I was like, wait, do they have another long snapper? What's going to happen? Well, because we've seen what's we've seen of up up close and personal the the perils of having a guy who can't get the ball back to the punter. Mm-hmm. We've seen that. Yeah. Um, so the the question becomes: it, it, Will the rest of the league look at Aaron Brewer and go, "Oh, we've got to get him"? Because they may not. I I think most teams are fairly set when it comes to long snappers. So it, 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 you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, they I still, got, teams only change long snappers if their guy gets hurt. Let, let's right. be honest yeah, about right, it. Right. Yeah, but that's not the same thing as like okay, well they could pick him up and keep him on, on the practice squad. They need a long snapper on the actual right. roster. Right. What I think is going to happen because one of the developments yesterday too was, and we had speculated about this, but five running backs on the roster. You got Connor Benjamin. Williams, Ingram, and Jonathan Ward all made the team. Yeah. I think Jonathan Ward's going to be one of those short-term IR guys. Okay, yeah, I, I could see that maybe happening. That would seem to, there. There are two elements about this that that seem to be a little bit weird about who they chose to keep and who they chose to cut. The Aaron Brewer piece only because we've seen the dangers of not, uh, of having a backup that's not very good. We and you don't want to be in that traumatic situation. Uh, Chandler Wooten, who flashed as a linebacker, as a run stuffer, as a ball hawking defensive player. Uh, Jesse Laquetta, the linebacker out of Penn State. Um, the guy I was pulling for, Manny Jones. Manny Jones, the guy you were p- pulling for. A- and what seems to be a little bit indulgent would be the five running backs that they kept and the six inside linebackers that they kept. A- a- and that, to me, it's like where you go, okay, because it's not like they it's not like they sent an indispensable piece to the street. But at the same time, it's rare to keep five running backs in an offense that, you know, barely gets deep into the room. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and and to your point on the defensive side of the ball, too, six inside linebackers. Yeah. Um, it was, I, I was surprised. I, I know Ben Neiman is a veteran. He's got experience with Kansas City. I was kind of surprised he made the team. But uh, you know why they keep Ezekiel Turner, uh, a guy who's great on special teams. But they kept Collins, Neiman, Simmons, Turner, Vallejo, and Nick Vigil. All of them. Yeah. Uh, inside linebacker. That yeah. was kind of a shock. Yeah, well, it kind of was. So it, it's it's an interesting thing. Um, the Jesse Laquetta cut uh, apparently came down only after they made the trade for Trayvon Mullen, which is a piece they needed to get. And, and I think for taking a chance on a quarterback, that's not a bad flyer to take. We'll see how that works out. And so off we go. I, there'll, be, there'll be more. This is not, this is not their set roster. No, uh, but the cornerback position, uh, Cliff Kingsbury talked about that yesterday as well. Uh, we'll see. That's that's part of it. You know, right now Marco and Murph both had had really good camps, and then Ham did as well. But you know, he's dealing with his issues, so um, we'll see how the next couple of days play out. Yeah, um, we still don't know what the issue is exactly with Antonio Hamilton, which really necessitated even more the Cardinals going mm-hmm. out and making that move, and they get Mullen. 
Um, and as you brought, brought up in the splash, I, he was going to be let go by the, the Las Vegas Raiders. But the Cardinals identified him. Hey, he's a guy that can help us. He's in the last year of his contract. So maybe you get that, that boost from a guy in a contract year. He's coming off an injury plague season, but by giving a conditional seventh round pick, they do not ex, you know expose Trayvon Mullen to twenty two other teams, maybe trying right. to snap him up. Yeah, and I think you know we'll see how it works out. It, it, it makes you feel a little bit better that there's another veteran there, mm-hmm. a guy who had some success early in his career with the Raiders. And a guy who's been derailed by injury issues, not necessarily a guy that 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 was it turned out to be kind of a bust, mm-hmm. like Josh Jackson, the kid that I've liked out of Iowa. It's a little bit of, it's a little bit of a different kind of story. He, but he was going to get cut by the Raiders, so it's a, let's I we've got to be careful here not to sell too much false optimism. I, I do like the move though, in terms of actually going and plucking a guy from somebody else's, you know, roster. This is this is not a bad guy to, to, to bet on. So it does make you feel better. I agree with that. We also talked a lot leading up to yesterday about the wide receiver room. Would it be Andy Isabella, Greg Dortch? They were both part of the uh, the team. Uh, Gambo's tweet yesterday, Andy Isabella did make the Cardinals 53-man roster, but from what I'm hearing, he wanted to be traded. Wants mm-hmm. a fresh start and snaps over being a depth guy that might not play. Yeah. So the Cardinals are obviously doing what they feel is best for them. Will it turn out to be best for Andy well, Isabella? Because we, and we, and we spent some time yesterday, not only listening to the tone, but also the words of Andy Isabella. Yeah, he's, he's pissed. He's, he's got some bitterness. Yeah, he does. And the thing that I'm a little bit lost on is back in March, the Cardinals, um, they gave Andy Isabella's agent their blessing to go find a trade. Mm-hmm. Okay, So if he if he is saying, I don't want to be here unless I'm getting enough reps, if unless I'm starting, unless I'm part of this offense, okay, you would think if he was good enough to command that, that some other team in the NFL would trade for him. And that hasn't happened. So, so if I were the Cardinals, I, I would I would try to harness this. I would I would give him an opportunity early in the season, yeah. and, and to see what this rage produces, or what this what this chip on his shoulder ends up producing in a real NFL game, or if it's nothing more than bluster. I don't know, but it it's it, to me it's this is going to be interesting because I I did not see I did not see this coming. <laughs> no, but I mean. With all due respect to Andy Isabella, congratulations mm-hmm. to him for making the team. I think three months ago, if you would have said that, people would have laughed at yeah, you. Yeah, I would have too. But wanting something and being capable of doing something are two very different things in the NFL. Yeah. And again, I'm not going to sit here and accuse the Arizona Cardinals of having a vendetta against Andy Isabella. They they expended a second-round pick on him. Mm-hmm. They want those guys to produce. Listen, it the, makes them look good. The Cardinals have, have made a lot of dumb mistakes in terms of how to deploy guys and when to deploy guys, and, and Andy Isabella is not the only one. Mm-hmm. You know? I, I, if, if he's got issues, if his complaint is, you asked me to play a position I have never played before, and then you didn't give me reps later in the season to see what I can do, okay, I get that. I, I think the Cardinals would be wise early on to see what if he, if he can actually do this in games that count. I would. That's what I would do. I would try to. I would try to funnel all that, all that, whatever he's got going on inside of him into into the football. Yeah, field. I wonder if it comes down to like early in the season, first six weeks without DeAndre Hopkins. If it comes down to a who are we going to use, Isabella or Dorch? Um, one of those guys might end up inactive. Very curious. to I see I mean, it wouldn't make sense would to year after year continuously continue to keep Andy Isabella and then not even play him. At, not even have him active. Mm-hmm. 
which is what they did last year. Yeah. And if they do that again this year, even with DeAndre Hopkins out, like why did they even keep him then? Well, I think, and, and we touched on this the other day, it, it just felt like last year, as the season went on and as he remained inactive, we all just kind of assumed, man, he really must be a bust. He really, he really must not get this. And what Andy Isabella is saying is, no, 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 I just did not get the opportunity last year or the right kind of opportunity. Uh, to me, uh, again, it's it's the, the fact that the Cardinals allowed his agent to, to find a trade and they could not find one mm-hmm. tells me that the that other NFL teams are, are leery as well. Yeah, I wonder if that permission is still out there. Now that he's made the 53, maybe he's mm-hmm. built up a little bit of a market for himself mm-hmm. with what he did in the preseason. We'll see, because like Bick said, this is not the 53 that we're going to see no. uh, on the roster by the time the Kansas City game rolls around. Bick's Picks is back for the 2022 NFL season. Text the word PICK to 620-620 to sign up and compete against Dan Bickley for your chance at the grand prize, a 75-inch TV, courtesy of Corona Extra. Weekly winners will receive an NFL jersey of their choice and a $50 gift card to cold beers and cheeseburgers. Just text the word PICK to 620-620 to enter. Coming up next, don't look now, but the D-backs are streaking, and so is one of their pitchers. We'll get into all of it next. It's Pickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Um, about it. Uh, it, it, you know, first from, from from Ken to Derek to Mike, the faith they've shown in me and continue to show in me means the world to me. And, uh, you know, I want to take this organization to the next level and I want to be the manager of this ball club uh, forever. We have a lot of really exciting things on its way, on their way. Uh, and you saw that come out last night with Corbin and it's yeah. been happening all year long with other players, but I'm honored by this. And I want to I do everything I possibly can daily to go out and help this team uh, get to that level that, that uh, all of us want to get to. Tori Lavello, the manager of the Arizona Diamondbacks, on with Burns and Gambo yesterday after news broke that his uh, option for 2023 has been picked up for the Diamondbacks. So uh, what we had talked about last week, and you had asked Derek Hall about Bick, and, mm-hmm. you know, it seemed like when we got done with that interview, maybe there was a murky future for Tori Lavello heading into next yeah, year. But yeah. uh, less than a week later, they, they take care of it, and he's back uh, for I, uh, another year. Yeah, I looked into this a little bit and sniffed around a little bit, and it, it, there seemed to be maybe a growing feeling that this was, uh, this was going to come down to what did Ken Kendrick want versus what did Derek Hall and, and Mike Hazen want, and that, that maybe the owner wanted a different voice at the top. So I don't know what this means. I don't know whether this was a compromise. I don't know whether this was a, yeah, go, pick up the option, give him one more year, and we'll, we'll reevaluate. Because at some point in time, you know, when is there going to be a long-term commitment? I mean, he's he's already been here six years, right? Uh-huh. And longest so, tenured manager yeah. in their history, by yeah. the way. Yeah, yeah. So, so to me, I think it's it's kind of goofy that they keep doing this. If if Tory's cool with it, that's fine. Again, I I think what the divide what what the uh, the delineation is if you if you go and reverse engineer this story in the context of this year only, you can't get away. From Luis Gonzalez's comments from San Diego on a Sunday broadcast, mm-hmm. and and I think what he saw and what a lot of people have seen was a very disconnected group of veterans on this team, um, starting with Cattell Marte, and and not having the energy or the urgency that you you would expect. 
from a from a, a baseball team that is trying to turn the corner and make up for a, a, a terrible season the year before. Yet I think that that the team changed, became much more youthful, and this was before Corbin Carroll. Okay, so it, and and they began to get an identity, and they began to run and show off their speed and play small ball, and, and they began to to kind of have success at that. And I think that changed the story a little bit for Tory and. So maybe this might just be a compromise. Okay, give him another year, or it might be a shifting story that it, that that the season has taken a turn in Tory's favor based on the youth movement plus the results accompanying it. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes, okay. absolutely. Okay. And, and and even though look in the twenty twenty season, the sixty game season, the Diamondbacks were not good. They finished last. They were the worst team in baseball last year. We've seen this jump this year to respectability. They're in third place now. They can keep this streak going. You know, they're nearing the 500 mark. There will be expectations on this team next year. And I know for the naysayers, you can't compete with the Dodgers. As I said yesterday, you don't have to be better than the Dodgers for 162 games. The balance schedule is going to even things out a little bit. Not much. The Dodgers are just a dominant team. Uh, but you, you got to. The reality for the Diamondbacks next year is you got to shoot for a wild card spot. You, yeah, you, you hit this, and and it's not just next year. I, I think this really has to be kind of their mindset that they they need to go in. Of course, you play to win the division, but come on now, the Dodgers have won ninety games, and it's not even September yet. Mm-hmm. When does that happen? Okay, so I think you need to shoot at that. That's got to be your. That's got to be your reality. We need to get a wild card berth and hope for the best. And you know, if we need to win a one game playoff. We'll win it with Zach Allen, and if we and and we're gonna trot our guys out there and and give it our best shot. I'm perfectly fine with that. And as wacky as this sounds, I'm not closing the book on this year. I the, this team has got a brand new vibe, and they've got a five game winning streak. That's and, undeniable. I, I think you're right on the money. There is the hole too deep to dig out of, maybe. But the way this team is playing right now, these last two games to come back from a seven nothing deficit was something they'd never done before. Right. Uh, to score 12 or more runs in back-to-back games against a good team, they roughed up Aaron. Aaron Nola's a good pitcher. I know. Eight earned runs, a career high for him with this with this youth lineup. And we talk about the speed on this team all the time. It's almost like there's this in-game competition on who can run the fastest. Whether it's Jake McCarthy, <laughs> yeah. Corbin Carroll, right. Alec Thomas, these guys can all motor. Dalton Varsho, these guys can all motor. Yeah, they can. And there was a couple of seemingly routine plays last night. We've seen it the last two nights. Seemingly routine plays on the infield where it's either been a bang-bang play or a, a runner beats it out because they are just mm-hmm. the, they, the exact that, opposite of the comments that were made by Luis Gonzalez back in, what was that, June? Yeah. Or July? Um they're all busting it. It, now. it puts a lot of stress on a defense when you can do that. It puts yes. a lot of stress. It puts a lot of anxiety on the on the opposing pitcher. It's good stuff to bring to a baseball field if you can have it. The idea that you can beat out routine two hop ground balls, and this team has shown the ability that they've got guys who can who can make those plays really close. They're nine and a half games out of a wild card berth. Okay, there's only one team ahead of them that's outside of the three that's in there. If I if I recall I correctly, Milwaukee. Yeah, so it's not a big ladder to climb, but you got a lot of hard games upcoming in September. So if they had an easier schedule, I might think they might pull this off. Nine and a half out with the schedule ahead of them, it's a real long shot, but again, this team's got a brand new vibe. They play the Padres, who are the third team in the wild card. They play them seven times. Seven times. Still, the rest of the year. 
if you want to make up ground, if you really want to be into it, I mean, you yeah. you, you win six of those seven or something, you're right there. That's a great yeah. point. Eight uh, games against the Dodgers, too. Okay, and well, could well, you imagine? Well, no, I know, but part, <laughs> are you going to win those games? I'm just saying. Well, and so, and again, and they've got a couple of series against the Brewers who are a good team. So I, I the, the schedule is very, very difficult. But again, I, I, it's well, seeing, seeing the energy that's coming off of them. This is going to be interesting to see if they can make an exciting September out of this. Yeah. September and the Diamondbacks haven't been kind recently. In fact, not the last, since 2017. No, really. no, no. And even in 2018, I believe they went into September really close to first place and cratered, mm-hmm. and they've been bad ever since. So I, th- I think that this is uh, this is going to be fun. This is they've got our attention, and, yeah. and that's and could you imagine if they got in the house money they would be playing with and how fun that would be? That would be fun. Uh, Zach Gallon is just rolling right now. Uh, 34 and a third scoreless innings. Seven more scoreless innings last night. Said he didn't even feel great, but baffled the Phillies. He, here he is talking about the keys to success, uh, his success during this scoreless streak. Against Pittsburgh, he just kind of timed up, um, you know, delivery-wise. Um, just kind of had some pretty good feels that I've been able to kind of just work on, um, you know, throughout the week. And just just the thing i kind of been, you know, tinkering with, striving towards, uh, but yeah, I mean, just having confidence really in all four pitches has been the biggest thing. Um, being able to line those things up and then you know be able to execute the pitches. Um, like tonight, I didn't really feel like I had a great curveball. Um, you know, still able to go to a slider, cutter, um, change up. So yeah, just kind of having four pitches and being able to rely on those when one doesn't seem to be there. And that's facing a pretty good Philadelphia lineup too. Didn't have his best stuff. Gave up two hits in seven innings. And I was kind of rooting for the way mm-hmm. things were lining up. It's like, oh my goodness, we might see a complete game. No, I. No. Yeah. 88 no, what year did you think this was, yeah. Vince? And how about how about Zach Gallen declaring himself as the Bill Belichick of starting pitchers? Yeah, I was just kind of throwing it. I, I was going to say he sounded like an airline pilot. Kind of had good stuff going. You were flying at 35,000 feet. Moving on to Cincinnati. Yeah. Go ahead and right. use those portable electronic devices. Yeah. yeah, sit back and enjoy. We know you have a lot of choices when you fly. We thank <laughs> yeah, you very right, much. Right, it's right, amazing right. how just Gallon Airlines not charismatic a lot of baseball players are in interviews. So much so that if one ever it's is, they culture, stand man. out. So they much. don't want to stand. They're not supposed to stand out. We talk to Zach. They talk every yeah. single day. I guess we talked to Zach last week. I thought that was. Yeah, it. He was. I good. thought it was. He He's was fine. He was yeah. good in the air. Yeah. He just doesn't want to talk to those schlubs in the clubhouse. They've, listen, <laughs> he, right. You've, you've got two pictures. You got two pitchers in this rotation now who have been close to unhittable <laughs> for, for a good chunk of this season. Look, this they they flashed the graphic last night. Merrill Kelly, uh, his numbers in July were good enough to win National League Pitcher of the Month. Gallon has blown those numbers away. Mm-hmm. And he's done for August, so we'll see. I, I, I'd have to look it up to see if anybody's been better. I, I find it hard to believe anybody could have been, could have been better this month than Zach Gallon. It's a fun time right now with the Diamondbacks. They win it again 12-3. Uh, that series continues, actually concludes tonight, 641st pitch with Tommy Henry on the mound. Coming up next, we got our first week one salvo fired by an NFL starting quarterback. That and more NFL hash marks next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Bickley and Murata. Hash marks. 
is after the field or on the field after the game against the Bills this preseason game three and I walked up to him like I'm so excited to see you like go you know I was like kick some butt I didn't say that word but you know <laughs> kick some butt kid yeah. no <laughs> I go kick some butt especially week one I like cannot wait and he uses some expletives and I was like I just hope you're like he's like I'm gonna bleep them up Ooh, that's there we go. being the Cleveland Browns, that's, the week one yeah, opponent that's of the our week one Carolina opponent. Panthers. On- Cynthia Freeland from NFL Network, who worked in the preseason as a sideline reporter for the Buffalo Bills, talking about Baker Mayfield, an exchange they had on the field, and you heard what was the uh, comment. He's not come out and said that publicly. That's great podcast fodder right there from Cynthia Freeland. But, hey, let's get this going. Week mm. one is on the horizon. And people were looking at that game. Normally speaking, you wouldn't get all that excited about a Carolina-Cleveland Week 1 matchup. Right. But everything is, is lining up into place. Serendipitous. And I think Baker Mayfield, outside of you know what people's rooting interest is uh, for a team or players, Baker Mayfield is kind of like America's sweetheart in Week 1. I think there's going to be a lot of yeah. people rooting for him to actually bleep up the Cleveland Browns. I don't think there's any uh, doubt about that, especially with the ickiness that accompanies the Cleveland dalliance with Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. I, I think, without a doubt, it is all going to make Baker Mayfield sort of the sympathetic martyr figure in Week 1. It's going to be fascinating to see how he does this. Cynthia Freeland, for whatever reason, kind of walked back those comments a little bit later in the day, probably because of some blowback, she basically said she was the one who told Baker go bleep them up, and then Baker repeated it back to her. I don't know why she felt compelled to, to do it, because this is something you would expect Baker Mayfield to say. Yeah. This is perfectly in character with Bakes. And, and once you get into game week, next week, and Baker Mayfield's on the podium, and there's a lot of questions about, hey, what are your emotions oh, going up uh, in, yeah. into this game against your yeah. former team? I don't know. I mean, Baker Mayfield is is a quotable guy. Oh. Does he take the high road and say, oh, it's just another game? I don't think it's just another game for Baker Mayfield. Oh, no, no, no. And that's that's why there, there were people who actually thought that the Sam Darnold uh, quarterback competition, that he might, that Darnold might win that. I always, from day one, thought, you don't acquire Baker Mayfield and look at week one and not not say... If it's even close, mm-hmm. that's the guy who started because of this very reason, because of his personal motivation to stick it to Cleveland. What's going to be fascinating is how Cleveland perceives this, because Baker Baker is going to is coming into the game as the classic Clevelander, the underdog that's been tra- trampled on, undealt with unfairly, and now he's going up against a city that has made this deci- and a team that has made this decision with Deshaun Watson. It's going to be fascinating because yeah. the Browns have a, Browns have a really good roster. They do. They got a great offensive line. They got great running backs. They've got a good defense. And and how about how about Baker Mayfield saying that knowing Miles Garrett? Shut up, Garrett. <laughs> and Miles Garrett's on the other side of the line of scrimmage, ready <laughs> to swing a helmet. Oh, at him. Right. <laughs> and, yeah. and Miles Garrett has been one to take the high road. So hey, there's no rivalry here. But the only thing that could make that Week One matchup better: the games in Charlotte. If it was in Cleveland, oh, that would be, be so much better. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. So yeah, it loses but, a but little again, bit of luster. They didn't. They didn't sit around in scheduling and 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 Nostradamus their way to this. They didn't go. No. Hey, you know, Bakes is going to end up in Charlotte. So it's serendipitous that these two teams are facing each other in Week One. Isn't it crazy that Baker Mayfield's first game is against Cleveland, and then Deshaun Watson's first game is against Houston? <laughs> yeah. Right. I feel like that one was a little bit more that. intentional. That one they had control. That's over, in but, Houston, yeah. right? 
That is the, in Houston in week uh, week yeah, thirteen. I do yeah. feel like that one was maybe intentional. Yeah, don't think that the schedule makers don't uh, don't look for some plot lines every once and in a while. And eleven game suspension? Why not ten? Why not twelve? Yeah, no, you're right. I, I, I do think the, I do think the Deshaun Watson thing. I do think they looked at the schedule and said, okay, wh- where where is a good place for him to come back? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and we'll all be watching, won't we? The most heat. I mean, yeah, he's right. going to get heat everywhere. But there, but it's going to be insane. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be. <laughs> it's going to be pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, John Gruden has been out of coaching for a while. In fact, out of the public eye for a while. But he spoke. I think it was the Touchdown Club in Little Rock, Arkansas, uh, and he's opened up about you know his missteps. Obviously, was let go. He was. Again, it, it, what he did was reprehensible. What what he wrote was reprehensible on those emails. But John Gruden, really the only um, victim uh, paying for his job in what was an investigation into the Washington Commanders' workplace culture. Who yeah. still haven't even been punished. <laughs> they yeah. still haven't been that, punished. That, to me, is what John Gruden should be demanding. That, listen, how is it possible that I am the one paying the price for an, for an investigation into that football team? Yeah. Like, I mean, collateral damage, basically. Yeah, that's what it is. I do believe that's an ongoing situation in Nevada. I know he went to court. I don't know where they are right now, but the situation was he was going to sue if he didn't get a certain settlement. Yeah. Uh, well, here's part of John Gruden uh, talking to the Touchdown Club in Little Rock. I'm not going to uh, uh, say anything but honest things here. I'm ashamed about uh, what has uh, come about in these emails, and I'll make no uh, excuses for it. It's just it's it's shame. But uh, I am a good person. I believe that. I, I'm, I, I go to church. I've been married for 31 years. i got three great boys. I still love football. I've made some mistakes, but I don't think anybody else in here hasn't. Uh, and I just ask for forgiveness, and hopefully I get another shot. Well, um, th- there's some truth to what he says there. Uh, people mm-hmm. make mistakes. I, uh, yeah, for- I'm sympathetic to that. Yeah. Um, second chances are, are a thing that are a lot harder to come by in, in today's society. And I think, Bick, if he does get a second chance, I'm not going to sit here and say he deserves one. That's not for me to decide. Mm-hmm. If he gets one, I think it'll be a second chance in the broadcast booth and not on a sideline. Oh, yeah. that's yeah, Look, if, if Urban Meyer is still a TV thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I that that's I don't want to get down that. I I don't understand Fox's decision with that. I don't know why they Look, think Urban Meyer is a valuable college football. Um, can I just jump yeah, in real quick do. though? The the assertion that you know we all make mistakes. Absolutely, every last one of us has said, thought, or written something that we regret. He sent those emails over the course of seven yeah, years. This time. was not one email. This was not two. Seven years. And 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 secondarily, the contrition has come many many months after this all broke. That first there was indignation. There was what your what? It was a witch hunt. Brent Musburger called it. What do you call it? He called it like a mafia hit. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Didn't he? Yeah, he did. But I think there was also but, a, g- a good amount of shame involved, too, on why John yeah. Gruden's been so quiet. Well, it, well that just makes him human. But I, Yeah, but I also do think that that the passing of time makes you look back differently over transgressions. So if you do something really stupid, and we've all done that, uh, and then you get eight months down the road, a year down the road, and you're kind of stabilized emotionally, and you look back and you go... Well, how did I do that? But the thing, like you said, it's all it's over years. Yeah. I just wish. So, again, he said, I'm ashamed of what came about. I'll make no excuses for it. But 
I'm a good person, this, this, this. I really wish that he would have instead, rather than saying, I'm a good person, I go to church, I'm married, would have said, I spent the last eight months reflecting on what was wrong. Mm-hmm. I learned, I sat, I listened, I, I worked on myself, and now I believe I am worthy of a second shot. Look, and I wonder, too, it's apples and oranges, two completely different situations, but the fact that Deshaun Watson not only is going to continue his NFL career, but be handsomely paid to mm-hmm. do so, does that set the new standard for second chances and forgiveness in the NFL, or in sports in general? I mean, Deshaun Watson affected people directly yeah traumatize them directly and i'm not again i'm not defending what john gruden did but you know you know what's funny is if john gruden didn't apologize he probably could get a job quicker with certain outlets and certain stuff Ah, I see what you're saying. <laughs> if he leaned into it, it's it's. Oh, I see. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, oh, they're out to get me. It's a witch hunt, like that kind of that that kind of thing. I do agree, though. He has a much better chance of broadcasting than ever coaching, coaching. again. I mean, he proved in. It seemed like he was never going to coach he again. He wasn't that great of a coach in that stint anyway. People actually liked him in the broadcast booth. Yeah, some people. And he may have sent racist, homophobic emails over the course of nearly a decade, but he's been married for 31 years. That's right. He has three great boys. Yeah, Yeah. right. I still love football. Okay. Well, you got to love the people who play the game, too. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Coming up next, more on the uh, Arizona Cardinals, where their roster is, where it could go. That's all straight ahead. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.